Welcome to it. Happy Glorious Friday. It's the 3rd of February, 2023, the day after Groundhog Day. Six more weeks of BS from Democrats. Anyway, I'm Derek Hunter. I'm your host. Welcome to it. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, sharing on social media, telling everybody that they should listen to it, etc., 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 because they should listen to it, damn it. They should listen to it. But I appreciate the hell out of your support. And along those lines, I just want to give a shout out to Tim. Some of you, Tim, I mentioned things. We need new equipment. Yes, I I need to get new microphone. I'm also thinking about trying to do something that uh, there can be live interaction with the show online. I'm exploring it. I'm also trying to harass David Limbaugh into being a part of that. So we shall see about that. But uh, and the laptop is... I have three browsers on it because the browsers need to be up. I can't upgrade because I'll lose my word. It's just a pain in the butt. So I need to get new equipment. And so Tim emailed and said he wanted to help. And I appreciate that. He's upping his Patreon membership. And I, I, every penny counts. And I appreciate the hell out of it. And you guys will never know what it means to me that some guy talking around cats that I can do this. And know that I'm not just some guy talking. I am some guy talking to cats, but there's also people out there too. The cats, I don't think they appreciate it as much, to be honest with you. But if you, and I, I toy with I mention it and I think, oh, I could do a fundraiser, but I just feel like an ass doing that. I feel like an ass even mentioning that I got to, you know, save up to, to buy this stuff because I got, you know, a lot of regular bills. But if you do... If you're so inclined, and don't feel pressured to, if you are so inclined and you want to help, it will be very, very much appreciated. It is not in any way, shape, or form tax deductible or anything like that. So, sorry. (laughs) I'm a charity case, but I'm not a charity. Um, You can go through the Patreon or Locals or whatever, or you can just do straight-up PayPal. I don't know how else. I don't want to set up a GoFundMe because that just sort of reeks of desperation. I feel weird. I feel weird even mentioning this. But the PayPal is my email address, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. I I don't even know what my Venmo is, to be honest with you. I had one guy, a guy I did some work for, pay me, he owed me a couple hundred bucks. And so he gives me, I get a notification that I got a Venmo coming. And I'm like, I don't, what do you mean I got a Venmo? How the hell do I get a Venmo coming? (laughs) like so i had to look for it and i had to actually get venmo because i didn't i had this money waiting for me that i was owed and it's like the guy had been over my house too like he could have wrote me a check or whatever but i had to start a venmo account and so i started a venmo account i don't think i've used it since right i did use it a couple times since then but that's uh d-e-r-e-k dash h-u-n-t-e-r dash 44 I don't know why. It must have assigned it to me. That's the uh, username and the email address is DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. A-L-L-A-N. It's kind of 44. Hank Aaron? Sure. Take that every day. But that's more of a Reggie Jackson kind of guy. But anyway, if you're so inclined and under no obligation to do so, any, and look, if you're, if you're already on Patreon, that's way more support than I'd have ever thought possible. 
or at locals. That's why I give away the autographed books from my collection because it's like I, I don't feel right about just taking stuff for nothing. I don't feel right about asking for help, and I'm not really asking for help, but I will accept it, and I'll tell you that it'll be much appreciated. So that's an, I, feel, I feel like I need to go take a Silkwood shower right now, to be honest with you. It feels dirty. But uh, thank you to everybody. Now let's just get on with the show so we can get past this. All right, there's uh, a lot going on today. Starts today. It's uh, it's Groundhog Day. There's Puxatawney Phil, and now every like remember a few years ago when what's his face uh, De Blasio when he was mayor of New York dropped the groundhog in New York and it died. Not immediately, but it was so injured from being dropped by Frankenstein that he killed the. The thing and uh, fuck these uh, Puxatawney fills these these groundhog. I can't remember any of the other cities, but it's all these little towns scattered throughout. They have some sort of rodentia in a cage, and they bring it out and they go, "Oh, hey, look at this one! It says shadow." Well, the one says the Puxatawney Phil says six more weeks of winter. The other second most famous one says early spring. Ultimately, it's just a, a tourist thing. I remember after the movie Groundhog Day, seeing that the first time, I really wanted to go to Puxatawney for this thing. And then I discovered that it wasn't filmed in Puxatawney at all. And so I was like, oh, if it was right in that town square, it'd be pretty cool. But it, it's not anything like that. I have a friend who went once, and she told me how, like, logistically it was an absolute nightmare. And so I never wanted to go back again. But... uh yeah, back in my day, there was only one groundhog. Anyway, it's been actually a mild winter. To be honest with you, I could use some snow. All right, there is a lot going on. We have to start off with the um, Hunter Biden laptop story. Why? Because it is now getting a lot of attention. And it's kind of funny how this is getting a lot of attention. The left is touting this because... Hunter Biden's lawyers, it's weird, Hunter Biden can afford all kinds of lawyers, but he can't afford child support. He can't, no, I can't afford, he can't afford, he can afford lawyers to fight his kid with the stripper taking his last name. Undoubtedly his kid, doesn't want the kid to have his last name. He's got plenty of money to fight that, but he can't afford to put food on the table for the kid. <laughs> you know? Well, Hunter Biden's lawyers... There was a big fundraising push the other day. There's this big powwow. It's amazing to me how Hunter Biden, all of his little pals, meaning a whole bunch of people who have um, interests before government, people who want a big slice of that government pie, they are out there pushing and funding Hunter Biden. This story is from just the other day. The New Hampshire Union leader. Hunter Biden's allies have held initial discussions about creating a legal defense fund to pay for a growing team of lawyers that is helping him confront both a years-long federal tax investigation and a host of new congressional inquiries, according to people familiar with the matter. Now, before we get into the laptop story, which he actually finally gets around to admitting is real and true, let this sink in. Hunter Biden's allies... They're holding initial discussions about creating a legal defense fund to pay for a growing team of attorneys. 
Meaning that these growing team of attorneys already exist. They're already working on whatever it is that Hunter needs worked on. Theoretically, that means one of two things, right? These lawyers came out of the woodwork and decided to do this on a volunteer basis all on their own. Or Hunter Biden hired them to do this with no ability to pay for them. Knowing that. Now, look, lawyers do a lot of pro bono work. They usually do pro bono work for poor people, right? For really poor people. Not sons of a president who rake in millions of dollars who are sell paint, selling paintings for half a million bucks a pop and uh, just have a crack habit and, and blow through all their money. That's not really destitute. An unwillingness to pay child support is not really an inability to pay child support, especially when you're paying 20 grand a month in rent for your mansion. Yet, progressives, leftists, liberals always take care of their own. And that's really what's happening here. They're taking care of their own, not because they care so deeply about Hunter Biden. It's that they can still get something from Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden still has something to sell. Keep in mind, after Hillary Clinton lost in 20. Uh, 16. What happened to all of the web of uh, Clinton charities, in air quotes, all the web of Clinton charities? What happened to them? A bunch of them shut down. They were consolidated. They were shrunk. Why would that be? Well, because the Clintons wasn't because the need. Oh, my God. The Clintons were so effective at their charity work that they wiped out the need for the charity work. Holy cow. They they solved the problem of malaria in Africa. They solved the problem of AIDS. They solved the problem of hunger. No. No, it was that the Clintons no longer had anything to sell. The Clintons no longer had anything to sell. Hillary was out. Bill couldn't be president again. It was abundantly clear that Hillary was never going to be president. What did they have to offer? They even tied with the idea, this is how sad it was, and how big of an acknowledgement it was that uh, they were selling their, their power. There was talk of Chelsea either running for mayor of New York eventually or realistically Congress from Manhattan. They needed they needed to get somebody in the political game. That's what they do, is they sell access to them. They sell power, because most 90% of what government does, nobody really gives a damn about. Somebody must have woke up and realized that Chelsea Clinton has the personality of a dried-up slug and said, that's not going to work. But uh, they were toying with the idea Because these people in power, it's all about selling what they've got. Make no mistake. It's not by accident. So Hunter is uh, in need of legal advice, and his friends are stepping up, rallying around. I have good friends, and I'm not sure that they would... You know, pony up tens of thousands of dollars. I don't have friends with with tens of thousands of dollars just laying around going, you know what, I don't know what I'm going to do with this money. I, I, it's wildly uncomfortable to sleep on top of piles of money, but I have so much money I don't know what to do with it. I find that it's a good combustible source for uh, heat for the house, this pile of money. I don't have people like that in my life. So I don't understand why people would, or the mentality of people who'd scramble together and go, hey, let's put together a legal defense fund for it. Now, the legal defense fund, theoretically, these lawyers already know, like I said, they know they're working for free. 
They know they're doing this stuff pro bono because Hunter, at least on paper, is claiming he can't afford child support. Can't afford it. He can afford to fight the kid taking his name, but he can't afford to put food on the table for the kid. Real, real winner. Somebody you definitely want to rally around, isn't he? But they know that they're not getting paid. Plus, I imagine somebody like Hunter Biden has, if we just look at the story that we talked about the other day, his assistant. Ah, you got to either have sex with me or you're not going to get paid. He's that kind of guy. That's not the kind of guy you want to go into debt for. It's not the kind of guy you want to go into hawk over. Like, oh, you know what? I'd take a bullet for Hunter Biden. No, Hunter Biden's the kind of guy you don't even joke about taking a bullet for because there may well be some Russian pimp out there trying to put one in him. And you don't want to be anywhere near it. So these people who took the case had to have known or at least heavily suspected that they're not going to get paid for this. So what they do is they either do it for the publicity or they do it for the favors. They do it for being in good stead with the son of the president. Now, there's no power inherent in being the son of a president. Therefore, you're really doing it to be in good favor with a president. These are not... You know, one eight hundred call call me and I'll sue anybody dot com or whatever. They're not that these kind of lawyers. These are high priced lawyers. Hunter Biden doesn't roll with somebody who you see on a uh, a park bench. That's not how Hunter Biden gets his lawyers. He's got the powerful Democrats in Washington D.C. rallying around him. I'm talking about named partners. They're not not getting the junior guy just out of the mailroom who finally passed the bar on the third attempt. No. These are the real deal lawyers. That's who Hunter Biden gets. So it ain't cheap, but it was free. And now they're saying, well, we kind of maybe we raise some money for that. Back to that story. The effort has been triggered by Hunter Biden's struggles to pay his mounting legal bills amid increasingly stretched resources and his pursuit of a new aggressive legal strategy, the people said, speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss a sensitive subject. You got to love this. He's getting sued. He's suing everybody. He's the victim, though. He's the now. I'm sure that there are a lot of settlements we don't know about, non-disclosure agreements. Um, I think if you, even with a prostitute, if you record yourself having sex with a prostitute and you put it on a laptop and then you that gets out, you might have a little bit of liability on that. That's been tamped down so far, but only because we don't know about it because nobody in the media is bothering to ask about it. A constellation of lawyers have worked for Biden over the years, and he continues to add new ones as he prepares to confront the investigation that House Republicans are starting to pursue. He's got a ton of lawyers. Do you think he paid for them in the past? He's allegedly clean now. Do you think he paid for them when he was really neck deep in blow? I don't think so. This is, again, something that is really going his way, and only somebody who is the son of a president who would exploit the fact that they're the son of a president could get. Think back to the Trump administration. Did you ever hear of any push to set up a legal defense fund for any of them? They were called before Congress, and they've still been called before various committees and investigations. Did you ever hear anything about that? Anybody there? No? 
Did anybody hear about, oh, well, this high-powered law firm is doing it pro bono? No. No, they paid their own freight. But when your whole business model is, I'm the lucky sperm that cracked the egg, I am the son of Joe Biden, you go with what works, especially when you've been doing it for 20 years and never once been called out on it, realistically, when you had the entire media apparatus working desperately to cover up your uh, perversions and your issues. Now we get to today, this story from NBC News. Lawyers for Hunter Biden, those, those lawyers are just doing, uh, doing the Lord's work. They're doing it for charity purposes. Sent letters Wednesday requesting investigations into allies of former President Donald Trump who, say, who they say trafficked in stolen information from his laptop. A dramatic shift in strategy for the president's son after years of GOP's attack. Now, you would sit there and you go, what the hell? You read that and you think, my God, poor, sweet, sweet, nourishing Hunter Biden, the poor bastard, the horror he's been through, the absolute hell he's been through, these evil, dastardly Republicans attacking him. Buried in this story right there is the fact that Hunter Biden finally Three years later, four years later, has done what? He has admitted that the laptop is his. That is the story. Through the filing of these letters and through the fi- all, this, all these filings and, and letters from lawyers, he is admitting that this laptop, these laptops, there are multiple laptops, were his. Which means that all the information contained therein is also accurate. for the big guy, selling access, pushing information that a normal human being wouldn't really have access to, all kinds of things. Just a weird situation. All of that is now verified. Remember, it was Russian disinformation. Joe Biden, it's Russian disinformation. Donald Trump is trafficking in Russian disinformation. Now they just said that that's true. These are his laptops, and it was stolen. Well, it's hilarious is, first of all, they're not stolen. When Hunter Biden brought these laptops in, you bring in any piece of electronics. Now, most electronics are disposable, but you bring in a piece of, people bring in computers because there's something, not because they go, I can't afford to buy a new computer. Hunter Biden can't afford to feed his kid, but uh, because he, he doesn't want to, but he can afford a new laptop. Hey, Johnny Appleseeded them up and down the East Coast in repair shops. You bring a laptop to a repair shop because there's something on the laptop you want, you need, whatever. In Hunter's case, it's most likely that he's got his archives of him having sex with prostitutes. And if you're into that kind of thing and you film it a lot, you probably want it. You know, you didn't, you didn't do it to never watch it again, Right. Maybe you you film it once because, well, that's just what you do. You wanted to see whatever. But no, there's something in him that he goes, I love this and I'm going to do it all the time. That's probably because a normal person, even if you had that, I don't know, can you call it a phase? I have a phase of sleeping with a bunch of prostitutes and filming it. And then at some point you go, God, what the hell was I thinking? I've got to destroy every 
copy of these videos. This is insane. What kind of a lunatic would film themselves doing these things or smoking crack or whatever? If you get clean, you just go, I, I, don't, I don't want these in existence, let alone out there. And so you delete them yourself. So if the laptop they're on gets damaged, gets destroyed, doesn't work anymore, you don't take it to a repair shop. You take it to a wood chipper. You're done with it. Hunter took him to laptop repair stores for some weird reason. Now he admits they're him. What's also interesting is all the other information that's on there, the so-called information that was stolen and being trafficked. Once you take it to the repair shop, you agree to pay for the returns and if you or pay for the repairs. And if you do not come back in to pick up your laptop, you abandon it there after 90 days or 30 days or whatever it is, plenty of time, you have therefore forfeited that property, it becomes property of the store. You presumably haven't paid for the services that were performed. And in order to recoup the, the, the money that was cost, that was lost, that was used in performing those duties, they get to sell. You bring your TV into repair. I had a friend, a, a baseball coach, actually, when I was a kid, who ran a TV repair shop. Now it's obsolete because they don't, you can't even repair these things anymore. But he had a bunch of TVs and VCRs. I'd stop by, ride my bike up there, and even after I was done playing, and I'd take my car up there, I'd stop by his. It was in town. It was a small little TV repair shop. And you'd sit in the back, and there was a pile of things that didn't have a whole lot of They're usually older, and it was like more money to repair them than it was really to, uh, than they were worth. But he had a whole bunch of things that, like, you could buy or give you if you really wanted it because they'd been abandoned there. And that's the deal. That's the deal with Hunter Biden. He abandoned them there. If he wants to sue somebody, he should sue himself because the second that 90 or 30 day grace period passes, that laptop and all the information contained therein is no longer his. It belongs to the store. It's theirs to do with as they please and give it to Rudy Giuliani and give it to Steve Bannon. They tried to give it to the, they did eventually give it to the FBI. The FBI pretended they didn't have it, et cetera, et cetera. It's garbage. It's crap. We're dealing with a bad person. You can sit there and feel bad for, oh, you had a drug problem or what? I don't care. I don't care the motivation for somebody being a bad person. They're a bad person. Then you have this, which is more curious. This is not on the crack-smoking side. New York Post. A Hunter Biden email sent to an American aluminum company and promising information on Russian oligarchs is raising fresh concerns about the first son's access to classified documents recently discovered in his father's Wilmington, Delaware home as lawmakers prepare to investigate allegations of influence peddling. Documents dating back to 2011 on his notorious laptop showed Hunter offered to sell intelligence on Russian oligarchs to U.S. aluminum firm Alcoa Incorporated for $55,000, according to the Post's report uh, from October of 2021. His father served as former President Barack Obama's second-in-command. Hunter offered to provide a, quote, statistical analysis of political and corporate risks, elite networks associated with Oleg Deripaska, the Russian CEO of Basic Element Company and United Company, R-U-S-A-L, Russell, 
which had just signed a metal supply agreement with Alcoa. Hunter Biden also offered the company a, quote, list of elites of similar rank in Russia, maps of the guy's networks based on frequency of interaction with selected elites and countries, end quote. The deeply detailed proposal has come under sharp scrutiny, given revelations that Hunter Biden had access to the Delaware lakefront home, where secret papers from his father's time as vice president were discovered in the garage, basement, and library, combined with Republicans taking control of the House of Representatives. Now, does it seem that a guy who has no particular history or interest or what have you in studying Russia know nothing would suddenly have all of this detailed information that he could sell for $55,000? Huh? Wouldn't that be weird? Might it be that what, what, well, we need to know what these documents were that were brought back to Joe Biden's home. That is something that is being very, very closely guarded. Weird, isn't it? Very, very closely guarded. If it was nothing, if it was garbage, if it was just schedules and menus and what have you, would it not be known? Wouldn't if you were cute? You've got stolen classified information. Well, all it really is is the lunch menu at the state dinner. Oh, all right. Never mind. What's weird is the complete lack of, um, shall we say, speculation and guesswork about what is in these documents. It's weird how there is no speculation about what might be in these documents, whereas we had hours and hours of cable news talking about it could well be that it is classified material, Russian information, Trump wants to sell the nuclear codes. It may well be nuclear codes. With uh, Joe and Hunter, no big deal. There is zero evidence that Donald Trump monetized anything related to his presidency, which is the only time he was involved in politics, whereas there is nothing but evidence regards to Hunter and Joe and Joe's brothers and the gang doing the same. Yet there shall be no investigation. A team of lawyers is being convened. Funds are being set up. Who do you think is going to contribute? to the fund to defend Hunter Biden. If you were just a random, I mean, I guess maybe random Democrats would go, well, we need to protect the son of the president because we're protecting the president. But the real question would be from what? What are you protecting him? What are you afraid? Because uh, you don't scramble and, and raise hundreds of thousands, probably ultimately millions of dollars, unless you're afraid of something being discovered. But if you're if I had this kind of money and I were a Democrat and I'm like, you know what, honey, I'm going to give $100,000 to the Hunter Biden defense fund. My wife would probably look at me as if I'm, well, she would look at me as if I'm crazy. And she would also, I would imagine a wife would not like 
family money going toward a guy who sleeps with prostitutes, who films himself having sex with prostitutes, a guy who cheated on literally everybody, with everybody. I don't think that's the kind of person most wives would like their husbands to be associated with, let alone sending money to them or spending money on their behalf. Call me crazy. Unless, of course, you want something from them, which goes back to what really is the Biden's business model. It's the circle of life, ladies and gentlemen. Before we move off of the laptop story, I just want to play you this report from the Today Show today on how they're covering it. Because really, the big story isn't that uh, he's, he's threatening to, Hunter Biden is threatening to sue Tucker Carlson, he's threatening to sue Rudy Giuliani, he wants criminal investigations into all these people who disseminated the actual truthful information. That's, that's not the story. The real story is Hunter Biden has admitted that the laptops are real, and so is the information contained therein. I'm not really sure how good a lawyer is if they are putting on paper essentially your confession to all sorts of illegal activities. But then again, I don't have the invisible shield of being the son of the president around me, so you know you don't really have to worry about those kinds of things. Anyway, this is how the, the, the Today Show reported, they don't really, this is the entirety of it, by the way, but they don't really get into this. None of the stories, like I say, the Washington Post, they're, the headline has nothing to do with Hunter Biden finally admits to uh, the laptop being real. Nope, no discussion whatsoever about the content of it. Same with the Today Show. Kristen, while I have you, I want to ask you about something else here. Uh, another Biden in the spotlight this morning, Hunter Biden, and it's involving his much talked about laptop once again. What, what's the latest with that? Yeah, that's right. Well, we are tracking what appears to be an aggressive new legal strategy. Hunter Biden trying to go on offense as House Republicans are preparing investigations into him and his business dealings. We could see that as soon as next week. Hunter Biden's lawyers writing a letter to the DOJ and Delaware Attorney General asking them to criminally investigate some of former President Trump's allies. You know these names, Rudy Giuliani, Steve Bannon, for what they allege is trafficking in stolen information, including data possibly from his laptop and an effort to weaponize the contents from that laptop against President Biden. Now, the laptop you may remember was at the center of a series of salacious and frankly damaging media stories about the president's son, a lot of them before the 2020 election including alleged emails related to his business dealings overseas. And Republicans have really tried to seize on this, alleging Hunter Biden has tried to profit off his father's political career. For his part, President Biden has denied knowledge of his son's business dealings. Now, a representative for Giuliani, we reached out to him, told NBC News, Raising concerns now indicates just how devastating the texts and videos from Hunter's laptop truly are. A really defiant Steve Bannon said, I thought Biden told us it was all Russian disinformation. We did reach out to the Justice Department as well, Craig. They have not responded to our request for comment. And Hunter Biden has previously denied wrongdoing here. It's also worth reminding everyone Hunter Biden also faces an ongoing federal criminal probe focused on taxes and other issues. <laughs> they stay away from, uh, well, by the way, yeah, they, uh, they, we ignored this story. We completely ignore that they ignored 
this story. They pretend they didn't actually ignore this story. It was a part of a a series of stories, embarrassing and damaging stories, some before the election. Show me the NBC News report there, Kristen Welker. Kristen Welker, whatever the hell it is. Uh, where you reported on the laptop before the 2020 election. Not that you just mentioned the laptop, but where you actually reported on the laptop. None of this, uh, there's a laptop. I bet you you can't find a story on NBC News dated before the election that talks about the Hunter Biden laptop and its contents that is not immediately preceded by or followed by Russian disinformation. Most of these news outlets, the first time they ever mentioned the Hunter Biden laptop was when those 51 so-called national security experts signed that letter going, oh, we, this is classic Russian disinformation. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Russian disinformation. It was lie. It was a bogus thing. They were just like, uh, well, just like every Democrat, just like Adam Schiff commoditizing his position on the House Intelligence Committee as its chairman going, this is Russian disinformation. Well, you think, well, the head of the Intelligence Committee, the guy who has unfettered access to our nation's secrets, he would definitely know if this, if this were real or Russian disinformation. Now, you have, it takes a special kind of stupid to believe Adam Schiff about anything, but most people don't pay attention to the news closely enough to know that he is a total and complete fraud and to question him. They just see the title, just like most people on cable news who watch cable news assume that somebody, this is a news organization. They wouldn't put some hack on TV who doesn't know what they're talking about when that's almost exclusively what they all put on there. <laughs> almost exclusive. Occasionally they accidentally get somebody who knows what they're talking about, but it's not very often. It's not very often at all. Just very interesting to see NBC News try to pretend. And this is, again, how it works. It's the Clinton model. Deny, deny, deny. Deny, deny, deny. And then when you can no longer deny, declare it to be old news. Now, the... Biden team is the ones de- are the ones declaring it to be old news. What the media is doing, they used to not do this, but now they are doing this, is they just report it as though it's old news. They report it as though, well, you know, the Hunter, it was the Hunter Biden, that was a big story before the election. And, you know, it was a source of uh, information and concern. Really? Did you ever report it? No, we didn't. Your audience doesn't know. The audience will have heard a thousand times about Hunter Biden's laptop, but in the context of Russian disinformation, to the point that they became numb to any reports of Hunter Biden's laptop, forgot any and all details they may have accidentally gleaned from those stories, and will just have the automatic, oh yeah, I heard something about that, it doesn't really matter because nothing came of it, or it must not matter because nothing came of it mentality. When in reality, no reporting was done, no looking into it, no investigation was held. And to this day, the media won't look into it. It's how corruption works, ladies and gentlemen. I want to shift gears to uh, critical race theory, to the controversy. It's a really a non-troversy happening down in Florida. The media has the long knives out for 
Ron DeSantis. The uh, the Trump campaign has the knives out for Ron DeSantis. I do get a kick. I don't care what you think about Donald Trump or what you think about Ron DeSantis. But it is funny that there are, I don't know if these people mean it or if they're paid to do it or they're just weird AI bots with no followers who put these things out on social media. Unfortunately, I followed far too many people who engage in serious heated debates with seemingly bots on social media. They get wildly offended and they end up giving more attention to the garbage they're spewing than they actually would have ever earned on their own. That's beside the point. But they're they're out there saying Ron DeSantis was trying to force people to get vaccines. He didn't. He he actually repealed a Florida law that was uh, it could have been used to force people to get vaccines. Ron DeSantis repealed that. It was passed, I think, under Jeb Bush, whatever. It was a long time ago, and it it it's just a joke and stupid. They also uh, accuse him of being a tool for vaccines because he said nice things about him and shut down Ron. He shut down the state of Florida. Yeah, he did. He shut down the state of Florida for about two weeks, and then he reopened it, and then it was a nonstop feeding frenzy of people criticizing him for reopening too soon. Oh, you're reopening too soon. You're putting lives at risk, Ron DeSantis, you monster. And a lot of those attacks were coming from, wait for it, but the White House podium under President Donald Trump, but they're trying to label him as some sort of uh, horrible, horrible, shot down, lockdown, shot person. Whatever. I think DeSantis is actually handling it perfectly. He's not um, He's not responding to these attacks. He's just not paying attention to them. Uh, every time somebody in the Trump campaign or Trump himself takes a swipe at him, he doesn't do it. But the media is taking their swipes at him, too, because they're afraid of any Republican. They hate every Republican. And so they are uh, accusing him of being a white nationalist. For what? Because he banned in the state of Florida an AP course on black... It's African-American. It's not African-American. It's African-American studies. It's not history. It's not black history. It's studies. There's a difference. Women's history and women's studies. They're two different things. You hear history, you hear words matter. History, black history is being taught in Florida. Nobody's making a move on that. Nobody's even complaining about that. Studies are a different thing altogether. Think of women's history, women's studies. Women's history, Susan B. Anthony, Marie Curie, etc., etc., etc. You have then what? You have women's studies. Well, that is feminism. It is how it's oppression studies. It's victimhood. It is nonstop. We are all just horrible and put upon and victim, 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 victim. It's a lot different than history. And that's what this AP course is or was, should I say. But the media was conflating the two either because they didn't know the difference or they didn't care. Probably a little bit of both, depending on who you're talking about. They want to attack Ron DeSantis. They're going to attack Ron DeSantis. So you end up with this situation where people go on television and they're either ignorant or lying. Arnie Duncan is one such person. Arnie Duncan was the head of the schools in Chicago. He then went on to become the Secretary of Education under Barack Obama because the schools in Chicago were doing so great. 
right? Am I right? Anyway, they dragged him over on uh, CNN to come out and spew the party line. Now, Arnie Duncan was viewed as why he's non-party. He's just he's just interested in the education of kids because he wasn't knee-jerk opposed to charter schools. Didn't do a whole lot to advance them, really, but he wasn't knee-jerk opposed to them, whereas Democrats now want to shut down all charter schools because they make the public schools look bad, and the teachers' union don't like kids escaping their clutches. So Arnie Duncan was on CNN yesterday talking about this horrible, horrible racist down in Florida trying to stop people from learning the true history of how horrible this country is, which is essentially what african-american studies is it's left-wing problem it's it's like joy reed's show in class form here's arnie duncan talking about it okay let's get your reaction first to the college board releasing its official framework for the ap african-american studies course this of course coming after florida's governor ron DeSantis banned it from classrooms in the state well unfortunately you know governor sanders has been very very clear he has what just appears to be a white nationalist agenda. And what, what I hate most is he just always attacks the most vulnerable, whether it's AP, African-American history, whether it's the LGBTQ community, whether it's immigrants, he always attacks the most vulnerable. And I just, it says a lot more about us than about him. And I just hope voters in Florida and voters across the country um, don't think that's what our country needs. It's, it's more, more bullying, more attacking on those that, that need our help and need our support. Right there, you hear the uh, white savior complex. Look, we need people. These are people who need our help, need our support. Look, black people can't take care of themselves. Black people are victims. Gay people are victims. Women are. We need all these special groups that are terrible. But don't worry, we white men are here to make sure that uh, we'll protect them. We're your saviors. What a load of crap! It's a white nationalist agenda. A white nationalist agenda is not teaching children lies about their country because one political party finds it necessary to lie about their country in order to empower themselves. That's a white nationalist agenda. All that time that people were going, oh, Arnie Duncan, he's just an honest broker. He was never an honest broker. A progressive is a progressive first and foremost, and anything else a distant second. When they act like a decent human being about certain things, it is to serve that purpose that they ultimately want. Give them enough time. Pay attention to what they do and what they say, and they will expose themselves as the horrible, bad, awful people that they truly are, as Arne Duncan did. He wasn't done. Have you been able to look through this initial framework that was just unveiled? Because we're looking at it at the screen now. Any changes, if you have, that, that stands out to you that maybe perhaps worries you? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the details. I think it's just so important that young people have access to America's full history, that we don't hide from the, from the tough parts and we celebrate the, the good parts. Obviously, having access to AP classes, students don't just learn. They get college credit. It makes college more affordable for their families. And so making sure students across the country, including for Florida, don't have this history whitewash. You see him removing you know, books from classrooms. You see these just very chilling photos of school libraries, classroom libraries with empty shelves. Um, something very insidious is happening in Florida, and it's extraordinarily disturbing. <laughs> have you seen pictures of empty bookshelves in the schools and libraries in, in Florida? I haven't seen it. 
But don't worry. Yeah, if you really want to learn how to uh, orally gratify a 12-year-old boy and you're a 25-year-old man, you'll find that book in the schools and libraries. We won't find that book in the library anymore. That's what Arne Duncan is ultimately upset about. Tells you something about these people, doesn't it? But also tells you something about these people that right at the very beginning of his answer was the answer, the gist of it. I have not seen these new guidelines. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I'm going to talk. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's not going to stop me. There is nonstop disinformation about this. These, the college board, which puts together these AP course curriculums, has changed it to remove all of the things that DeSantis said. Now, they originally said there's no critical race theory and this is nothing. Remember when they used to say there's no critical race theory in schools? They're not teaching critical race theory in schools. And then suddenly they couldn't deny it anymore. It went from it's not there to it never went to, okay, it's there. It went from it's not there to, well, it needs to be there. They never acknowledged the lie. They just you know, they couldn't deny it anymore. So they pretended they never denied it in the first place. And then you end up with this. They've, they've revised their standards to change it, to pull out all the indoctrination crap like black queer theory. So wildly important, black queer theory. I don't know how I got through life without learning black queer theory. Black queer theory is essentially you're black and you're gay. You're a double victim. Not much of a theory. <laughs> you're black and you're gay, so you're a double victim. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, you're super oppressed. And like I said, it is not black history. Black history course is separate. Yet the Associated Press today, their headline, Black History Class Revised by College Board Amid Criticism. That's their headline, Black History Class. It's not history. It's studies. There is a difference. If you don't know the difference, you're too damn stupid to be taken seriously. Even NPR, right, College Board's revised AP African American Studies course draws new criticisms. Well, because it's not radical leftist enough. The associated, or the uh, NPR, your tax dollars. The College Board released the official curriculum for the new advanced placement course in African American Studies on Wednesday, the first day of Black History Month. But people are divided on some of the changes announced in the curriculum weeks after the state of Florida banned the course. The, in the announcement, the College Board CEO, David Coleman, called the newly revised course, which high schoolers can take for college credit, quote, an unflinching encounter with the facts and evidence of African-American history and culture, end quote. But critics point out the newest iteration of the course is now missing several themes and voices from black scholars that were originally presented in a pilot program already taught in dozens of schools this year across the country. Others are saying the changes to the curriculum were made to appease Florida Governor Ron DeSantis after his administration rejected the original iteration of the course last month. Everybody's a victim. The College Board refuted claims from a New York Times article that it removed all mentions of black feminism and the gay experience from its curriculum, or that some of the revisions were made to appease the DeSantis administration. The College Board also said the revisions were, quote, substantially complete weeks before Florida's objections were, sh were shared. Duke University professor Carrie Heine 
who also developed the AP course, also called the Times claims wildly misleading at best. We reject any claim that our work either indoctrinates students or, on the other hand, has bowed to political profession, uh, pressure, Heine said in the statement. So here's what the College Board changed, according to NPR. Though the national nonprofit maintains it did not purge the curriculum of key lessons concerning black feminism or gay black Americans, it also acknowledged a reduction in the breadth of the new framework. Do you really need any of this? Do kids need any of this? Is there anybody's life who's made better or a job gotten or career advanced because they learned about some event that happened long before they were done that doesn't have any ramifications in life. Is there? I mean it with all due respect, which is tough to muster any respect when you're dealing with this level of insanity. But it just strikes me as so damned stupid that you just want to scream enough already, enough. The framework also drops its uh, exploration of the origins, mission, and global influence of the movement for black lives. (laughs) Instead, Black Lives Matter is listed alongside black conservatism as a sample course project labeled illustrative only. Yeah, they have removed the study of Black Lives Matter, which is an admitted and avowed Marxist movement designed to enrich its leadership and uh, make wildly ignorant its adherence they've removed that and they added something about black conservatives which by the way they'd previously wildly ignored but don't worry it's not indoctrination it's not indoctrination at all damn it not indoctrination at all meanwhile over at the view the morons at the view i want to play you this clip from Whoopi goldberg this is something to behold this This is the kind of crap that really honestly makes me sick. Uh, The view, Whoopi is mad. They're wildly ignorant. They're spewing this to millions of people, these lies to millions of people, and there's no attempt whatsoever to fact check it. Remember yesterday, the news story, we don't, bias is over. We need bias now. It's just important. Facts kind of matter. You can have your own opinions. You can't have your own facts. The view seems predicated on the idea that you can, in fact, have your own facts. I I don't understand why he believes that he wants people to see the, the history of Western civilization and history and philosophy of Western civilization, because he, he wants it seen through that lens. Why is your lens better than my lens? <laughs> what, what, you know, so you're basically saying, like to people like Marion Croak, you're not going to teach about her. Her history is American history. What, what is it that he doesn't get? We're not going anywhere. Just because you stop teaching it in the colleges, you think people are going to stop telling these stories? They're not going to do this. Marion Croak. What about, my history is your history. My history is my history, and you're not going to wipe out my... History is history. I don't really care. I don't look at an accomplishment and go... Well, they don't look like me. To hell with them. They don't look like me. So I'm not going to worry about this. Now, I'll admit my ignorance. I had no idea I had not heard of Marion Croak. 
I thought, is this Marion Croak? Who is Marion Croak? Is this some sort of important person in history that we need to, to forget math? Let's study Marion Croak? Yeah, I want to teach my kids all they need to know to get by in life. So I looked it up. Marion Croak is Vice President of Engineering at Google. She was previously Senior Vice President of Research and Development at AT&T. She holds more than 200 patents. And she was inducted into the Women in Technology Hall of Fame in 2013. She was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame for her patent regarding VoIP, Voice Over Internet Protocol Technology. Makes you be able to make phone calls over the internet. Neat, interesting. What she did is fine. But dare I say it at a risk of controversy, it's not important. Lives were not saved. People's lives were maybe made a little bit better that she was one of many, many people who created this ability to call over the internet. Is it worth scrapping math to learn about her? How long does it take to learn what I just told you? 20 seconds? This is the problem with this crap. I don't, I honestly, this Whoopi Goldberg thing, what, Marion Croak. Okay, you want to teach about Marion Croak? I just taught you about, all you need to know about Marion Croak. All right? It's one paragraph from the uh, the Wikipedia entry. She is one of the first two black women to receive that honor, being involved in, inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame, along with Pamela Bath. Her invention allows users to make phone calls out of blah, 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 without a phone line. That's it. Okay. So what? Le- how much time do you need to spend on that? How much college credit is the knowledge contained in that first paragraph of her Wikipedia entry worth? Whoopee. Because you do have to, at some point, just look and go, okay, we don't have to spend an awful lot of time on this. You don't spend an awful lot of time. Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. That's about the extent of what you're taught in elementary school. And that's all you need to know about who invented the telephone. Moving on. You don't set aside a day. This week, we're going to be learning about Alexander Graham Bell. I don't know anything about Alexander Graham Bell, except I think he, he had something to do with sign language, too. It's just uh, get over yourselves, everybody. This is how the left works. I'm looking up Alexander Graham Bell. He did, a, have, uh, he did a lot of inventions. And still, all you ever hear about him is he invented the telephone. If you heard about the metal detectors, hydrofoils, just... Tons and tons and tons of stuff. And we don't spend days and days and days talking about Alexander Graham Bell because while what Alexander Graham Bell invented certainly makes life better, it's really not that important. Makes life easier. It's really not that important. I know it's horrible. I'm horrible for saying it. But, I mean, spare me all this crap about, well, we've got to learn about this and we've got to learn about the other one and we've got to learn about this, that, and the other thing. And how about we just learn what is necessary? Because, okay, Whoopi Goldberg picked Marion Croak. I don't know where she got Marion Croak from. But, honestly, the ability to make phone calls over the Internet is neat. We've all done it. It sort of leads, I imagine, to the ability to do video chats and everything like that. But is it really Jonas Salk level? Is it 
the polio vaccine? I don't think it is. So then, like I said, I was reading the Marion Croke thing. She's one of two black women to be inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. So, so who's the other one? Why didn't Whoopi Goldberg pick the other woman? The other woman is Patricia Bath, according to her Wikipedia thing. Patricia uh, Era Bath, her middle name was Era. She died in 2019. Was an American ophthalmologist, inventor, humanitarian, and academic. She invented an improved device for laser cataract surgery. Her invention was called the laser faco, laser faco probe, which she patented in 1986. She also became the first woman member of the Jules Stein Eye Institute, first woman to lead a postgraduate training program in ophthalmology, and first woman elected to the honorary staff of UCLA Medical Center. An honor is an honorary staff member? Does it come with an honorary salary? Bath was the first African-American person to serve as resident in ophthalmology at New York University. She was also the first African-American woman to serve as staff surgeon at UCLA Medical Center. Bath was the first African-American woman doctor to receive a patent for a medical purpose, holder of five patents. She also founded the nonprofit American Institute for the Prevention of Blindness in Washington, D.C. Now, I'm reading that, and the last one is the one I care most about. She founded the nonprofit American Institute for the Prevention of Blindness. It doesn't seem to me as though she spent an awful lot of time obsessing about her skin color, right? But every label about her, everything. She was the first black woman to do this. She was the first black woman to do that. She was. The, I don't think she spent a lot of time dining out on that. I, otherwise, she would have maybe started the. African-American Institute for the Prevention of Blindness. She just seems like she was a normal person who, you know, granted, she didn't invent cataract surgery. She invented an improved device for it, whatever that is. Why didn't Whoopi Goldberg pick which is more important, the ability to make people see or the ability to make phone calls over the Internet? Which one is it, Whoopi? Well, both. Both are nothing to sniff at. Certainly more than, than I've contributed to society. Fine, all well and good. But in the grand scheme of things, what do you, what about those two women, as accomplished as they are, need to be taught to every student in public schools? Or even just the black students. I think that's what Democrats would really like is to fully resegregate education. They never seem to have gotten over losing the Civil War. But what is it that in there, the, yet you, oh, if only I had known that when I was a child, my life would have gone on a different trajectory. If I had known this, I could have changed the world. It would have changed my life. But since I didn't know this, now I'm, uh, whatever, unemployed or in prison or whatever. The answer is nothing, no one. No one's life would be out there. Not like you're saying, well, now... Now little black children know that they too can improve devices used in cataract surgeries because Patricia Bath did it. I don't think most people honestly are sitting there going, you know what I'd really like to do is create a device that makes laser eye surgery better 
But since it hasn't been done by somebody who looks like me, it's probably impossible, and therefore I'm going to give up on that dream. If there are kids out there who say, well, I don't know, I have to see, this human accomplishment is amazing, but for me to really genuinely care about it or feel like I am empowered by it or the possibilities in life are endless, I have to know the racial and ethnic makeup of the people who accomplished it first to see whether or not I should be inspired by it. It's insane. It's stupid. It is perverse. It is racist. It is progressive. It is all part of the division that they push on us. And it goes from the White House down to the view, down to the schoolhouse. That's how these people function on the left. Divide, divide, divide. That Ron DeSantis stood up and said, we're not going to teach this. We're not going to let this crap in our schools. We're not going to have any time spent teaching kids that they're horrible victims and, oh, forget it, you're not going to get ahead. You look at everywhere. If you really want to break down people by race, look at everywhere where there is a city with a majority black population. It's run by Democrats. It just is. It's not only run by Democrats, it's generationally run by Democrats. And I know I harp on this, and I know everybody on the right harps on this, but it's worth repeating. It needs to be repeated over and over and over again. Not because you need to hear it, but you need to, that other people need to hear it. The secondary, the tangential people, the people listening for the first time need to hear it. There's always people, there's churn. You need to hear it. The idea that kids are what kids are being taught is you can't get ahead. This is the critical race theory thing. Everything is about race. You didn't get that job because of your skin color if you didn't get that job. What if you got that job? Well, we're not talking to you. We want to get you at your worst. We want to get you at your low point when you're a victim and tell you, no, 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 it's you're a victim of society. It wasn't because you were late to the job interview that you didn't get the job. It's because society values you less as a human being because of your skin color. Now, even if you're inclined to hear that and go, this is a bunch of crap. Eventually, you will face hardships. Things will not go your way at some point. Not everybody leads a charmed life. In fact, really nobody leads a charmed life. Nobody does. You can sit there and say, well, it sure seems like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is leading a pretty charmed life. You have no idea what Leonardo DiCaprio's private life is like. You have no idea. Tom Hanks is, yeah, Tom Hanks was in Bosom Buddies. Tom Hanks was in the Dragnet movie. Like, all these celebrities, they, they have it pretty good, but Tom Hanks has lost people. Leonardo DiCaprio has lost people. They've had things not go their way at some point. Everybody has. They're not victims. It's just how life is. It's not society out to get you because you didn't get a job. Frankly, society doesn't know you exist. More importantly, society doesn't care that you exist because society isn't conscious. Society is not created. It just is. You drop dead today, society won't go, wait a second, I'm going to need a timeout. Society doesn't have it in for you. Society doesn't have it out for you. Society isn't trying to help you based on your skin color, your sexual orientation, your gender, whatever it is. 
It doesn't care. It just is. Your life is what you make of it. Period. End of story. And if your life sucks, you can more than likely trace it right back to a whole series of decisions you or others have made about you. Yeah, granted, parents can really screw up kids' lives. Bad parents can cause generational poverty and generational despair. But there are a lot of kids out there, a lot of people who've gone on to be wildly successful, who had god-awful parents in the process. It can be overcome. It's not impossible. But somebody's got to step up. Usually that somebody stepping up is in the community, in the geographic community, not in the way community is used by the left now about skin color. Or at schools. How many people have you heard talk about they were inspired by a teacher? Fewer and fewer now, it seems. But back in the day, people were inspired to do better by a teacher who dared to take a risk, who dared to challenge them. Now they tell you, you can't forget it, kid. You're never going to get ahead. And like I say, even if you're inclined not to believe it, sooner or later, you will be disappointed by life. Things will go wrong for you. And how you respond to that will really dictate the rest of your life and how it will go. If you say, well, to hell with that, I'm going to double down, I'm going to go back, I'm going to really, I'll show them. I'm going to work harder. And even if you continue to fail over and over, eventually you will win in the long run with persistence. But if you go and you listen to these so-called community leaders and these elected officials and the people who weirdly have the levers of power, the people who tell you the system is rigged the loudest and most frequently are the people who are in charge of the system to one degree or another. It's very weird. The system is rigged against you. Well, you're the mayor. You're the governor. You're the president. Why don't you do something about that? Your party has been in charge of this city for 70 years. Why at no point in that time did you make an effort to change that rigging? Well, it's just tough. It's inherent. The whole system is rigged. Again, the system is whatever you make it. If your political party has had control of a city for decades, you are the system. Then you recognize that maybe the system, as it were, in quotes, is designed and created and exists and is perpetuated not for the betterment of the people, but for the perpetuation of the power that certain people have, a political ideology, the in-crowd, which doesn't really have anything to do with skin color. Skin color is oftentimes the cover, but it is the political philosophy, the belief that we are smarter than they they empower us because it's the only smart thing they ever do is to vote for us. But frankly, they are too stupid to be able to take care of themselves. We should take care of them. You can't expect much. When you have zero expectations for somebody, they will meet them. And when there is no consequence for failure in any way, shape, or form, people will continue to fail. And if you're told that there's no point in trying because you're just never going to swim up that stream, sooner or later, after be it one failure or five failures, people will stop trying to swim up that stream. 
They have a nice little social safety net over there that can be doubled as a hammock. You can just live your life kind of easy, never going to get ahead, never going to improve your lot in life. But you also won't fail. You won't risk it. And you're not going to be a party to your own oppression through the systemic fight against you. What you've done is effectively strip people of their humanity and their hope. And worse, they pass that on from generation to generation. This whole system, the parents have given up, the school system just warehouses with no expectations. You can't suspend a kid who is disruptive because of their skin color. That would be wrong. It would be racist to discipline a child because not enough kids who look like this are being disciplined compared to this. Yeah, how about just the disruptive kid? Because the disruptive kid is learning that they can be disruptive with no consequence. Whereas the non-disruptive kids are learning that, well, they're not going to learn because of the disruptive kid and all the energy that is spent dealing with the disruptive kid rather than suspending the kid who punches other kids randomly. You keep them in class. Now every other kid has to worry about being punched randomly. But they're so progressive that they didn't suspend or expel a violent kid that knows that there's no consequence. There's almost nothing they can do. Almost nothing they can do to have any consequence. So when they're there, guess who gets the attention? And if they're not getting the attention when they want it, guess what they're going to do? They're going to do something to get attention. It's a lather, rinse, repeat thing. It's a situation where you just keep digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And the only way to stop it is for the people most impacted to stop it. But they're the ones addicted to the absolution for the bad decisions. So they're not likely going to change who they vote for, who they elect. Because then eventually somebody would come to them with expectations. Somebody would come to them thinking, this is a bad situation. You need to improve the way you live your life. You need to stop doing these destructive... Nope. You have to take responsibility. Nope. Not interested. Democrats know this. They're always accusing others, the nebulous other, of preventing people from getting ahead. Meanwhile, it's them. It's the circle of life. And who gets improved? Nobody. The story of Patricia Bath and Marion Croak is not one of their inventions. It's one of their lives. It is one that these women, these people, have risen to these positions to be able to do these things. Only in this country is it possible that anybody could do that. Forget the color of their skin. Forget their gender. In most countries, you're born and you die pretty much where you are economically. Here, what you make of, you get out of life is really what you put into it. You might not make it to a billionaire, but damn it, you can try. And you have a realistic chance. Nowhere else on earth do you have that chance. And everywhere Democrats have power, they're trying to tell people they don't. Meanwhile, they're actually getting rich. That's the irony of it. Their own biographies belie their own lies. But it works. So why would they ever stop? 
They need to be stopped. It's just sad. In uh, other political news, as we get ready to wrap it up for you, I love this. Uh, Josh Kraschauer. Now, where does this guy work now? He's a Fox News contributor, of course, and he's a senior political correspondent at Axios. He's one of these guys that's been everywhere. He's reporting Nancy Pelosi sent out an email. Nancy Pelosi is endorsing Adam Schiff for the United States Senate out in California, which is telling for the left and for leftists. It's how they work. Rich, whitey, when the chips are down, always, always sticks with rich, whitey. Just is. They're both wealthy. And uh, they're women running. Nancy Pelosi, trailblazer for women, a champion for women. Katie uh, Porter, member of the House, woman, running for Senate out in California, didn't get Nancy Pelosi's endorsement. You can't tell me there aren't at least 1,500 Democrats out there who are some kind of minority in California who would love to have had Nancy Pelosi's endorsement. But rather than wait, rather than wait and weigh her options, Nan said, nope, I'm going right to Adam Schiff. Now, why would she go right to Adam Schiff? Because he's been her henchman, her chief flying monkey. As Speaker of the House, there was a whole bunch of things that she could not put out there in the news. She could not put out. Her position, it just, it would have been bad form. It would have tarnished her legacy to the extent that she has a legacy. So instead, she empowered, and that's what she did, she empowered Adam Schiff to do it, to use his position. As Republicans have stripped Adam Schiff from the Intelligence Committee because of abusing that power for political purposes and lying knowingly to the American people for the express purpose of aiding Democrats. Nancy Pelosi knew that, Nancy Pelosi rewarded that. Nancy Pelosi cheered that. That's who. That's why Adam Schiff was there. She had to be willing to do this. You had to be willing to completely just clown yourself to death. And they don't. Or they... He didn't care. I guess that's the best thing you can say about Adam Schiff is he will make a complete ass out of himself and will not be bothered by the appearance of looking like a complete and total moron. I guess that's a skill if you're a Democrat. Lastly, I'm looking at the Twitter thing. I see Calvin Ball. Calvin Ball is the Howard County executive. It just just happened to be his tweet that I saw. Monday, Monday, what day is today? So on Tuesday, it was the 1st. That was World Hijab Day. World Hijab Day. And so Calvin Ball is, I don't know, he went to the mall somewhere or something. I don't know what he's doing. He doesn't say where these pictures were taken. He says we should continue to uh, continue working to create a community where all religions, cultures, and ethnicities are recognized and celebrated. Well, if they're all recognized, first of all, who cares? But they're all celebrated, then really really nothing is celebrated, right? If everybody gets a participation trophy, then nobody really wins. Oh, yay, patronizing. Recognized and celebrated. All right, let's celebrate traditional Christianity and its view of marriage. What? No, not that. Anyway, today on World Hijab Day, he writes, we recognize how clothing can be a symbol of strength, faith, and devotion. 
I was so glad to celebrate this empowering day, he wrote. He writes, it's a symbol of strength. Right now in Iran, women are being murdered because they've taken their hijab off. All right? But it's a symbol of strength. It's a symbol of empower. It's empowering. It's a symbol of devotion. Maybe it's a symbol of fear of something horrible happening. Should you not wear it? Just saying, I don't know. You want to wear one, knock yourself out. I don't care. But it's the problem is it is people being forced to wear one. That should be the problem, should it not? That should be something political leaders sit there and go, you know what, at least if you're going to pay lip service and pander, throw in a uh, choice thing. Because I thought the Democrats were the party of choice. I personally never understood the idea that God wants you to cover your head and your face and everything. Like God created your head and your face. You're saying God's embarrassed by his work? God made a mistake. God said, I'm going to create people. And then eventually they'll get around to creating cotton, which can then be strewn over their faces. I don't, I don't buy that. I think this is the rule of man. Most of it is. Most of it's crazy. Anyway, what's not crazy is the passage of time and the fact that it's Friday and the weekend can start. And holy Frankton, Anna, couldn't we all use that? It's going to be cold here. Hopefully it's, uh, I mean, it's winter, whenever. I just hope our power stays on. Last time, froze to death. Half tempted to buy a generator just to have return it on Monday, just in case stuff goes out. Anyway, you don't need to know my problems. I won't do that. I don't need to go and charge up the credit card, even if I do return it. But it, it like last time, there's only 12 hours. Got it. How weak are we as a species? We're like, 12 hours, it nearly killed us. It didn't. It was inconvenience. It sucked. But we survived. Anyway, that's enough. The Week in Evan Review will be up tonight at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Check it out. Email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. Send good vibes out into the universe and all that stuff. Have some fun this weekend. We'll be back to do it all over again on Monday. Thank you. Bye.